起きているための何か Stain. It had begun to rain, a light drizzle that peppered the people as they walked along Bradley Way. Not the prettiest street in the world, and today it was overcast with a churning grey cloud that dampened the mood and made things ever more ordinary. People walked up and down the road, seeking out the local small supermarket that had opened just last year. It was housed in a former pub, the Bull and Horn, the cigarette stained walls and beer marked floors long since ripped out. Outside, The faux Tudor design was kept, hoping the inn like appearance would entice more customers. But people shopped here anyway out of convenience. The newsagents across the street had closed a year ago also, the owner packed up and moved away after a red Ford Escort had rammed into his shop and robbed him late on a Sunday afternoon. Unless you were willing to cross the giant playing field at the back of Ashen Road to go to the giant superstore, the pub turned metro shop was the easiest option. Just near to the store was number 46, and though it was starting to rain, Mrs. Taylor was found scrubbing the pavement. She had swept and tidied already, and now she was striking the wet brush across the path like she was toiling the earth. She worked with determination, scraping and scrubbing the ground over and over. She never dressed for cleaning. She was made up in her Sunday best, as if she had just gotten back from church. Though the fine rain had settled on her hair, giving it a web like crown, her hair was in place as if she had spent an hour on it. She was an odd sight to those making their way down Bradley Road. After a while, she packed up her cleaning materials and went back into her house, number 46, the one with the red door. It was grey again. It had rained in the morning, and the streets glistened like slumbering snakes. It was Sunday again also, and the local football club had finished their practice over on the giant field. A few kids had wandered off on their way home, stopping in at the local store to grab a drink and some much needed sugar. Mrs. Taylor watched them as they walked down her road. She was scrubbing again, hot water and bleach burned away at the pavement. The added soapy suds flowed down the curb and washed up to the drain, down into the darkness. She watched them, and they stared back at her as they walked by. She did not frown, she did not glare. There was no smile on her face either. Just a determination to scrub and wash, and get the job done. By the time the kids exited the store, Mrs. Taylor had finished and returned inside her house. She had gone to make herself a cup of tea, her hands stinking of bleach, and had become pale. The kids thought no more of her, and carried on their way home. Their hands a healthy peach and holding the chocolate bars like tiny swords. The whole street knew, of course. They watched her every week. She used the same bucket, the same brush. She would start by sweeping up the dirt and leaves that had fallen from the huge oak tree that loomed over the garden from number 38. Joyce, who lived with the tree, had never cared for Mrs. Taylor. Joyce was a generation away from the woman, and tutted and shook her head to her antics in private. But if she saw her on the street, she would always nod her head in quiet recognition. To which Mrs. Taylor would always nod her head slightly back. It was Sunday again. No rain today. Just thick dark clouds above threatening the worst. A nasty cold breeze blew in from the south, ripping through Bradley Way like an Arctic arm reaching from the poles. She resigned herself to a coat today. She had lost more weight than she would care to acknowledge, and her frail body would shiver in the conditions now. Underneath her plum coat, she wore her Sunday best again.
The pearls her mother had given her hung over her dress, little eyes gleaming out into the cold. She had also decided to use some gloves, not because of the cold, but because her hands were now so raw from the bleach. She sat at night picking at the loose bits of skin around her fingers, peeling away the hangnails that had appeared, paled underneath from all the toxins. They stung and hurt. But she did not care. She wanted to carry on, so she used the gloves to keep the feeling in her fingers to get the job completed. To feel the work. And she scrubbed and rubbed and washed the pavement. Bundled up against the elements, Mrs. Stokes and her daughter Ivy were walking along the other side of the road. Mrs. Stokes lived down on Humber Way, but she knew Mrs. Taylor from the primary school morning mum's run. She had seen her at the gates with the others, a gaggle of women with their precious little birds waiting for the gates to part. Ivy watched her as she scrubbed on her hands and knees, the warm water cascading over the lip of the pavement. Ivy broke free of her mother's hand and crossed the street without looking, going over to Mrs. Taylor. Her mum called after her, following her onto the street. It was quiet that day, few cars littered the road and there was a peaceful calm. Hi. Ivy said to Mrs. Taylor, who looked up from the floor. Her eyes were glassy and tired. Hello. Mrs. Taylor replied, friendly. Ivy's mum came up to them, grabbing her hand. Ivy, don't bother her. Come along, we have to get to the store. And don't run off like that. I'm sorry. Mrs. Stokes said, looking down at the woman. With that, Mrs. Taylor looked off slightly, as if searching the road for something. Why are you cleaning the path? Ivy asked suddenly. They all shivered there in the cold. Ivy's mum began to pull her away. Don't bother her. I'm so sorry, she's always curious. Come along Ivy. Mrs. Stokes said, eager to get away. Mrs. Taylor stood then, much more agile than her demeanor would suggest. She popped up like a dog ready for a walk. It's fine, kids are curious. I'm just doing a spot of cleaning. The council seemed to neglect this part of town, and the road is filthy. She smiled then, a warm smile as she looked at the little girl. She turned her head slightly, as if she heard something, then turned back towards them. Mrs. Stokes, eager to get going smiled back, hoping it would be the end to the conversation. But, no one else cleans the pavement. I've not seen anyone do it like you, scrubbing away. Ivy said, determined to understand. Mrs. Taylor was silent for a minute and then replied. Well, you see there where you are standing, I just can't get this bit clean. It'll take some time, but it will lift. She said, reaching back for her scrubbing brush, having looked more at the spot where the two stood. Ivy looked down at her feet, seeing nothing but the black road. But there is nothing there. Ivy replied. Come along now Ivy. Leave her to her cleaning. Mrs. Stokes said, vigorously pulling the girl. Mrs. Taylor laughed a little. A small laugh, brittle from its long hibernation. You kids think everything is already clean. I bet your room at home is a mess and yet you think it's fine. No no. The stain there, it spreads up and across the pavement. I think it is oil, but it's taking ages to go. She sighed suddenly, as if reminded of the huge task in front of her. There you see. Sorry to bother you. Come now Ivy. 
Mrs. Stokes said, and this time successfully moved the girl who walked on still puzzled. They made their way to the store and Mrs. Taylor watched them for a few seconds before scrubbing a bit further and then packing up her things and heading back into her house, closing her red door behind her. She took off her coat and went upstairs. She always did this. She went into the front room of the house, the second big bedroom. Hers was at the rear and was slightly smaller, but she liked the view of the back garden. She liked the green. She went across to the window and looked down at the pavement. It's still there. The little girl said. Mrs. Taylor pulled at the sleeves of her dress. I know. I'll buy the super strength bleach next week. That'll do it. She said to the empty room. She looked up the street as a few people came out of the store. The old newsagents across the road had been turned into kitchenettes. She looked in through the ground floor window, a huge TV screen the size of the wall flashed away in blues and reds. Maybe in time, it'll fade on its own. The girl said. She looked down at the spot again. A huge stain on the floor seemed to pulse before her. She closed her eyes and watched the red Ford Escort zoom away noisily like thunder down the road. She hoped she would never see it again, but she knew she would. The Day of Goodbyes Falling into a sleep that's caught between the devil and the deep. Blue, everything blue blue blue. These hearts, caught on strings and spun around fingers. Worn on the sleeves, cut into ribbons. The world need not worry, the moon cares little. Little spheres of sadness that fade into the space of time. But there was that day, that long terrible day of goodbyes. Cut deep into the soul of existence. A meteor into the ice of now. Tears stained, then dried as they are spirited off. Into unknown lands and parts of their mind. An aching blue, a neon pain remained. In the absence of other, a divine emptiness. Conspired by the fates to lick the face of loss. Not knowing what they had, until it was gone.